With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of GC Live. I am Kendall Smith, joined alongside of Wes Mitchell today. I'm very sorry, Chris, Chris Clark is not here. I feel like every time Chris isn't on the show, Wes, everyone's commenting commenting down below, where is Chris? But you get stuck with me today. So we've got a lot to get into. But before we do, how are you doing, Wes? I am good. I am great. As soon as the music was like stopping, I had this moment where I was like, I didn't even tell Kendall if she was introing this or if I was introing this. Uh, I assumed you were just going to go with it like we did last time, and you did. So great job. And I got to say, Kendall, this show is brought to everyone, as it is every single show, uh, by Clint Hammond. Uh, C. Hammond at MortgageNetwork.com is the email address. The NMLS number is 71597. Did you know that you have to say that every time? If you're if you're doing an advertisement for a mortgage company, I have no idea why. You have to say the NMLS number, and I was not doing that for the longest time, but you're supposed to say it. So uh, it's important, Kendall. I see you looking at me sideways, but it is important. ClintHammond.com, 803-771-6933. I guarantee Clint Hammond will be at the Gamecock spring game on Saturday, which is mainly what we are here to talk about today, Kendall. Yes, so excited for that spring game. I actually won't be here, but Wes, you will be here. And we've got a lot to talk about today regarding the spring game, not only the game itself, but all of the activities happening here on campus. It's the big Gamecock weekend, I think they're calling it. So not only is it about the spring game, but there's also a ton of events. I know there's a run, there's a concert, there's a baseball series at home this weekend as well, hoping to bounce back from that Georgia series loss this past weekend. So a lot to look forward to, unless I kind of want to things off just generally talking about the spring game it's at 7 p.m at williams bryce stadium so this saturday april 16th for you west who are some of those players that you're most excited to see out there in this game yeah i think first of all all the fans uh you know and then us media folks as well i think you're probably excited to see spencer rattler right like that's the that's the big name that's the guy that um you know beamer called him a program changer i i think uh i think that's fair i mean he has generated more excitement and more, I would say, national attention for this program than any one single player, certainly of the Beamer era, which is you know still pretty young in the Beamer era, but early on. And then I would say even going back, Kendall, as, as long as I've been following this, uh, there have only been a few players, I'm thinking along the lines of like your Lattimore's, your Clownies, your Gilmore's, guys like that, 
those are the only guys I can think of that kind of compare to the, the level of excitement here. So I, I think that's first and foremost. People want to see him in person. It used to be you could go watch practices, right? Now fans aren't allowed to go to practice. So this is really the first real chance to go see him in the Garnet and Black in person for the first time. So I think that's that's exciting for everybody involved. You know, I, I, I'm excited to see Antoine Wells Jr. He'll be number three out there for, for fans who are wondering. He's had a really good spring. You know, there are some guys that I believe have taken a step forward that aren't new guys, but just uh, have been in the program for a little while. Xavier Leggett has gotten some buzz from the coaching staff. I heard he had another good scrimmage on Saturday and uh, or another good day on Saturday. He missed. He was kind of limited the first scrimmage, but had a good day on Saturday with that scrimmage. So I, I think it's a combination for me of newer guys that we haven't really seen play and then maybe a guy or two who has used the offseason as an opportunity to step up. And I want to talk about that scrimmage that you just brought up and maybe what you've heard about that because South Carolina had their second scrimmage of the spring this past Saturday morning at williams Bryce Stadium. I actually tweeted about it because they woke me up. I was in my slumber. I was enjoying myself, sleeping in on a Saturday, and I live very close to williams Bryce Stadium. So I'm woken up to party like a rock star, just blaring at williams Bryce Stadium at about 9 o'clock in the morning. And so I go outside and I get my slippers on. I'm like, okay, I have to video this for Twitter because I just got a free wake-up call courtesy of Gamecock Football. But that was for uh, scrimmage number two of the Spring West. So any word on that, anyone in particular that you heard really stood out or anything that happened that you think everyone should know about? Yeah, so obviously they're, uh, you know, the scrimmages are always closed this this time of year or this, just the way things are structured these days. Everything's closed off, but I did get some little, tidbits of information here or there. The first thing is that um, the offense had a much better day from what I heard than they did last week. You know, Beamer had talked about basically defense is ahead of the offense so far this spring. There were too many turnovers last week. Um, You know, I believe there were still a a couple of takeaways or two from the defense, maybe more, but it was a lot cleaner on the offensive side from what I heard. Spencer Rattler continues to be, uh, I would say, the most impressive quarterback the running backs had a good day. Uh, you know, that's Marshawn Lloyd and some of the other guys. One, one person I talked to um, basically said every running back that was out there uh, looked the part and had a good day. Beamer had even, I don't want to say challenge, that's probably a little too strong, but he said last week, you know, essentially when you're going up against your teammates, last week the defense did a great job of tackling. But that also means the offense didn't do a very good job of breaking tackles. So, you know, there's always this give and take especially when you're going ones versus ones. It's like, okay, did the defense have a great day or the offense have a bad day or the offense have a great day? So, you know, it's a constant back and forth. You don't really know what you have until you go play other teams, other people. But I do think it's probably considered a little bit of a positive that the offense bounced back. You know, we'll we'll see if Beamer sees it the same way when he speaks on Tuesday. He's going to talk to the media again tomorrow. But – from what I heard, the offense did have a kind of a bounce back day. And uh, Kendall, I think this team is just a little bit more sharp all the way around than they were this time last year. This time last year, I was hearing things like it's going to be really hard for this team to fight, to get to bowl eligibility. Basically, that they they frankly did not look like a good football team this time last year, just from the little buzz you would hear around the program. I think just having a year in the program for a lot of guys combined with the influx of talent from the transfers 
it's been a good combination. It's been it's been a good spring so far. They have two more practices, open practice uh, for part of it for the media tomorrow, then a final practice Thursday, and then, of course, the spring game Saturday. Yeah, Wes, definitely a lot to look forward to. We just got a question from Jason. Will Stogner be playing? He will not be playing. He will not be here, actually, until this summer. I know Beamer talked about this, I think, last week and kind of mentioning how they thought he might be able to come a little bit earlier, but that didn't end up working out, NCAA rules, et cetera. So he will be coming in the summer. He will not be playing at the spring game. Something that I'm really interested to hear about this weekend, I sadly won't be able to see it since I won't be there, is the offense kind of like you talked about and maybe any new wrinkles that we might see some adjustments to the offense from last season obviously you've got Spencer Rattler at quarterback now so that changes but people last season not everybody's super thrilled with the offense with the scheme it didn't work out sometimes and so it's going to be interesting to see if Marcus Satterfield has made any adjustments and if we'll see that in the spring game so Wes I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that and how much if at all you think this offense might change and if we'll see any of it in the spring game. Yeah, you know, there, there was a really good comment, I thought, in one of our – I don't remember if it was one of our last GC Lives or one of the videos we had posted. And uh, the guy basically said, if your offense doesn't look good in your spring game, then that's probably a bad sign for your offense. And I think what his point was is that, you know, coaches know fans are coming out there to see a good time. Like, they, they want to see something positive happen for the offense. And my guess is – as far as new wrinkles go, you're probably not going to see a ton of it on Saturday. I think anything that's incredibly new, you're probably keeping in your back pocket and saving it, frankly, for Georgia State and then Arkansas in week two. We know how just paranoid college football coaches are in general these days. I do think you're probably going to see the offense set up for success. I think the defense is probably going to be pretty limited in what they're allowed to do just from a scheme standpoint. They're not going to be throwing a bunch of different uh, exotic looks at the offense. They're not going to be trying to surprise the offense. It'll probably be pretty base defense. I imagine we're going to see Spencer Rattler get to go turn the football loose. Like I, I think that's what people want to see. I think you want to build confidence on the offensive side of the ball. I would imagine it's going to be kind of aggressive on offense, throw the ball around, let these receivers go make some plays. and. Um, you got, you got to give the people what they want, right? And what, what, what do we know Shane Beamer bases, not everything in his program around, but a lot of things around his program are about recruiting. And if there's a recruit in the house, which there will be a bunch of them on Saturday night, they want to, they, want, they don't want to be bored, right? Like I, you don't go to a spring game to see a defensive struggle. You want to see some points. You want to see the crowd in the game. I imagine these quarterbacks are going to get to go turn it loose, in my opinion. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the way that this spring game worked last year is they will play like in a game setting. And then last year they did some drills after that. So they would do like a practice type of portion. I mean, obviously it's all practice, but they would do some drills after the fact. So, you know, it's it's a mix of things. It's not necessarily a uh, a traditional type of game. At least that's how it was last year. That could change this year. We're not 100% sure, but I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it does too, because when they went into the drill section of it last year, I was like, Oh, boo. Like I'd rather see, you know, I think everybody would, everyone would rather see a real game type of setting. Uh, But Wes, you mentioned, those recruits there. And I think that's something that we definitely need to get into every recruiting season right now, especially looking to the class of 2023 as South Carolina looks to gain more commitments there. So who is going to be in the house this weekend at the spring game? 
Yeah, you know, so I, I'm ex- I'm expecting it to ultimately be a really big list. Um, you know, the, the list, I would say, will be fluid until game day. But, you know, if, if you go on Gamecock Central, one of the things I like about our new platform is actually if you go on GamecockCentral.com, go to the football recruiting tab, and then hit visits. Um, there's actually a system there where if I tag a visit to a profile, um, it will actually then populate this list of all the visitors by date um, that is right there, free for everybody to see. So we've already been starting to add guys to the list. I'm sure there are more folks that will be there that will be adding to this list by Saturday. But we've been kind of going through that process of confirming who is going to be there, who might be there, but is still maybe sort of a wait and see. And uh, so they can go check that out right now. I'll say as far as the guys that we've already confirmed completely are going to be there. I mean, you got to start with quarterback, right? Dylan Lonergan, uh, the kid out of Brookwood in Georgia, four-star quarterback, class of 2023, one of South Carolina's top overall targets. Uh, Marquis Anderson from Dorman. He's one of the top players in the state of South Carolina for this class. Kendall, he's already, he was on campus twice last week for, for practice and then is going to be back for the spring game. That's always a good sign. If a, if a guy just is constantly showing up on your campus, that's almost always a good sign for, for your chances if you're a South Carolina fan. Um, I got to confirm for sure with Xavier McLeod. I believe he'll probably be there. Um, have not gotten a recent confirmation on, on that. That's the Camden defensive tackle, but he's been he's been at South Carolina for pretty much every major recruiting event they've had. Uh, Christian Hamilton is a four-star wide receiver out of North Carolina. He's confirmed that he'll be there. Um, Trovon Ball, who is a offensive lineman out of Georgia, Pace Academy, big-time target for South Carolina. He's planning to be there. And then you're actually going to have a number of 2024 prospects that uh, that should be in as well, and we'll be working on adding those guys to the list too. So it, it, it sounds weird to say 2024, but it's um, – it, it, it's here. I mean, those guys are your rising juniors now. So as hard, as weird as that is, as old as that may make you all feel, um, it's important to go ahead and be getting these guys on campus early on in their uh, recruiting process. And Kendall, I'll just let Gamecock Ryan brag on you here a little bit. Um, you're not much of a bragger on yourself, so I'll just brag on you. Um, Gamecock Ryan says, I'll say the Rucker interview was great. He's a really impressive young man. So, Kendall, you are used to asking the questions. I'm going to throw a question at you. What did you think of the Corey Rucker interview? I thought it was probably one of, you know, you, you've you talked to several. I don't want to, like, downplay the other ones because you've heard some, from some really cool personalities, I feel like, since you've been interviewing recruits. So I don't, I don't want to throw anybody else under the bus. But I got to say, Corey Rucker is a pretty cool dude. What did you think about talking to him? Well, first off, I want to say thank you to Gamecock Ryan and to Greg for saying that. That's so nice, and I just really appreciate the compliment. It was a lot of fun talking to Corey, and it definitely makes my job a lot easier, like you said, Wes, when you talk to interviewees that are fun and they're excited to be there and they want to answer your questions. And I think Corey just had a phenomenal personality. He's super, super impressive. I don't know if everyone heard the part where he was talking about what he wants to pursue after his career in football, but he talked about his love of children and wanting to be a child psychologist. He told me all about the story of how he got into contact with Darius Rucker, which I just thought was phenomenal. He literally slid into Darius's DM 
DMs, which is amazing. And then Darius responded. So that was a great story. Just talking about his experience at South Carolina. He's super humble. He has a great story. I think he's going to come in here and do really good things. He's so excited about coming to South Carolina. And he was just willing to be open and honest with me and talk about these things and give me great answers. And that is what I love. That is a dream interview for any reporter, for anyone who is conducting an interview. You want to talk to somebody who wants to be there, who wants to talk to you and who wants to share their story. And I think it was fun because there were a lot of tidbits in that interview that hadn't been spoken really anywhere else. And he kind of shared that for the first time on Gamecock Central. And as a young reporter, having someone trust you enough to do that, that just means a lot. So it was a lot of fun. I loved his story about Don Staley. I was very jealous of that, too. I know he shared that with you as well, Wes. And I just thought it was awesome. I mean, Darius Rucker, Don Staley, this guy is attracting stars left and right. So it only makes sense that, you know, he would be a star himself, too, in the future, a star in the making, because he's just attracting everybody else his way. So it was a great time. I liked how just genuine he was about, like, you know, he didn't try to play it cool. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't like, oh, yeah, so, you know, I met Don Staley. I met, you know, I talked to Darius Rucker on DM. He was like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what the? You know, like, he he had the genuine reaction pretty much anybody would have had <laughs> being followed by Darius Rucker. He's, like, sitting at a bar by himself, I think he said, yep. and, um, you know, about to get some food or something. And, oh, wh- what? Darius Rucker just followed me on Twitter. You know, it's like very genuine. You can tell how excited he is about the opportunity at South Carolina. And I kind of notice a trend, Kendall. A lot of these, a lot of these transfers, like the guys that have transferred into mm-hmm. South Carolina, they just have a bit more maturity about them than your just average high school, um, high school human. We won't even say football player. Like just here's, mm-hmm. I mean. We've all been 17 or 18 years old. You're just kind of in a little bit different place in your yeah. life, you know? And, um, you know, you're, you're what, 21 now? You're probably I'm in a different mindset than you were at 17 or 18. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting, though. These transfers, they tend to – they sound like they know what they are looking for. And he he's – not that their personalities are all the same, but their approaches are all very similar as far as wanting – a coaching staff that's just going to be honest with them, be genuine with them about their opportunities. I thought Corey plus um, when I talked to Devonnie Reed for one of our Garnet Trust interviews, um, just a very similar, again, not even similar personalities, just their approach to the process. Terrell Dawkins was, was similar. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler, he, you know, he's a little bit, he comes across a little bit more like professional, but as far as just the maturity of, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm here to do it, you know, and just the way they carry themselves is completely, in some ways, completely different than your average high school kid, I think. And I, I that's got to be, A, why South Carolina's having success landing these guys, but B, I think there's a reason that we're seeing college coaches start to gravitate more and more to the portal, which sucks for some high school guys, but – Coaches are here to win games, and I think if you can bring in somebody with some maturity, you know, it, and, and it has three years of eligibility left, it's not like he just has a year. You know, it, it's it's just it's a little bit different than talking to high school kids, Kendall. Yeah, I totally agree, and Big Red just asked a question, are transfers easier to plant into the system 
than recruits from high school. I think it's hard to give a definitive answer 100%. It obviously depends on the kid. It depends on the person, talent, skill set, personality, et cetera. But I would say, and I've been saying this since day one, when you have someone who's already competed at the college level at a D1 level, I mean, that just that's already going to be kind of a bit of a advantage over a high school kid because they've had that experience for a year, two years, whatever it might be. So when you're planting them into the system at South Carolina, they're a little bit more used to the schedule of being a student athlete and playing in these bigger games. And, you know, some of the players might come from smaller schools like Columbia. So they're not used to that SEC feel and things change up a little bit or whether, you know, it's Corey coming from Arkansas State. It's going to be different, of course, being at South Carolina, but already having that college experience. And like you said, just getting older. I think when you live on on your own, when you're out of high school, when you're responsible for yourself, you're responsible for what you eat, what you do. You don't have a parent constantly looking over your shoulders. That also helps you a lot. I mean, it's helped me talk about, you know, going from 18 to 21. I've changed a ton. I couldn't imagine how college athletes do too. So I don't know what you think about that question, Wes, but I would assume, you know, if you're going to generalize it, I would probably say, yeah, it's probably a little bit easier to plan to transfer into the system than a high school kid. Yeah. You know, like you said, you don't want to generalize everybody but I, I do think if you're getting the right transfers and you know you you've got to be careful you you probably don't want to necessarily gravitate to a bunch of guys that just kind of um didn't work out at their past school for for whatever reason you know expect you've got to obviously be careful was there you got to do your due diligence if you're the coaching staff was there was there an off the field issue you know was there some reason this guy decided to get out of town basically or was he forced to leave I've noticed uh, South Carolina tends to gravitate towards guys that have done something on the field, like they have had on the field success. You may think, well, that's a no-brainer. But, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are four- or five-star recruits that went to another place and just didn't play at all. So then there's no new film on them. There's really no new information on whether or not you know, wh- why weren't they on the field? Was there was there a reason? Were they just not as good as we thought? Did they not work hard? And we haven't really seen South Carolina go after many guys like that. It's been, you know, maybe like an Antoine Wells or Devonnie Reed. They're at a little bit like, quote, lower level school, but they've played extremely well and they probably were just passed over early on in the recruiting process. They took advantage of their opportunity. And now here they are. I do think, Kendall, you want to be careful about, you want to build a foundation too, right? Like you want to build a culture. You want to bring in high school players that can stay at your place for three, four or five years. Um, So, you know, Devonnie Reed isn't going to be an excellent pickup for South Carolina. He's going to be a starter this year. He's only got one year of eligibility left. Christian Bill Smith has one year left. You're not going to build your program like big picture on just signing. You're not going to sign 15 of those guys every year. It's just not sustainable. But I think to supplement your areas where maybe you have depth concerns, if you bring in the right kids, which all indications are those guys are just highly mature, great human beings, then um, it's very smart to supplement your roster that way, I think. And then like with Wells and and Corey and, and all those guys, they have three years left. So that that's a lifetime in college football. Yeah, you're exactly right, Wes. I want to start talking a little bit more about this big Gamecock weekend that is happening this weekend, because not only will the spring game be the marquee event of the weekend again at 7 p.m. at Williams-Brice Stadium this Saturday, April 16th, but there are also a ton of other events happening this weekend. So 
this is the official final details PR whatever article from the University of South Carolina. So I'm just going to go through what they have written down Thursday, April 14th, baseball against Ole Miss at 7 p.m. That's going to be a huge series. Ole Miss just historically a great team. South Carolina has been as well struggling this year, of course, very inconsistent and hard to get a grip on. It's very, very challenging. And, you know, we might be able to talk about this later, bringing Colin Taylor at some point later on in another show to talk about getting a grip and figuring out what this Gamecock baseball team is. It is so difficult, Uh, but they're playing Ole Miss this weekend, another chance for redemption. And as we've seen, they've beaten Vanderbilt, they've beaten Texas. Uh, So, you know, nothing seems to be off the table for them, but nothing seems to be guaranteed as well. So that's at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Beach volleyball against Georgia State at 11 a.m. on Friday. You've also got men's tennis against Texas A&M at 5 p.m. on Friday. Beach volleyball against College of Charleston at 5.30 on Friday. And then baseball against Ole Miss at 7 p.m. on Friday. On Saturday, you've got the Cocky Trot 5K and Fun Run uh, slash Walk. And that begins at 9 a.m. Wes, I heard you're actually a contender to win that one. So looking forward to seeing you out there. Um, Just kidding. I don't even think you're doing it. But you are quite the fitness. I might. You never know. Quite the fitness junkie. Uh, Track and Field has the Gamecock Invitational. That is all day. There's going to be a Gamecock block party sponsored by Palmetto Shirt Company. That begins at 10 a.m. on Williams Street. Beach Volleyball against Florida Gulf Coast at 11 a.m. Baseball against Ole Miss at 1 p.m. Beach Volleyball against Coastal Carolina at 5.30 Patrick Davis pregame concert begins at 5 p.m. in Gamecock Park. We know Patrick Davis. He was at our Gamecock Central kickoff event at Steel Hands Brewing back in August. He's a great show, great person to watch. So that's at 5 p.m. on Saturday in Gamecock Park. The alumni flag football game. That's what I want to see you in, Wes. That begins at 6 p.m. at williams Bryce Stadium. I feel like you should get an honorary invitation to that. And then uh, the Garnet and Black Spring Game at 7 p.m. Post-game fireworks following the conclusion of the spring game. I feel like I just talked for 45 minutes about every single event happening. But well, now, that's now a you, uh, game talk weekend. Yes, it is. It is. Now you know how I feel because they always say I, I talk way too much on here. But. It is a talk show, Kendall. So, anyway, the the alumni game is cool. I actually ran into Ryan Brewer the other day, and uh, I was like, Ryan, so you're definitely playing Saturday. And he was like, basically, I would not miss it for the <laughs> world. He's like, I'm tired from walking across the parking lot right now, but I will be there. So, uh, Brewer is ready, and Brewer excels in these from, from what I remember in the past. So, it, the guys, I, I'm I'm glad they do that, Kendall. Like, yeah. it is. I think it's so fun for the guys to sort of, you know, it's not like going and playing a real game. We all know that, but to go out and, you know, get together again, relive a little, just a little tiny bit of your glory, wow. get on the field again. That, that's pretty cool. I, I'm glad they're doing that. Um, shout out to Patrick Davis and and South Carolina Athletics for stealing our idea and, <laughs> and having him do it. A concert, but no, we uh, we're actually in discussions with Patrick. I believe we'll, I guess I can say that. I think it's official. Uh, it's close to official. We'll have Patrick um, at the hopefully even bigger Gamecock Central kickoff party this August. So working out all the details there. But uh, the, the others, what what do you think of the fact that they're sort of making it a weekend, Kendall, as opposed to just being like, "Hey guys, there's a game. You should come to the game." I love like, it. I love it. So 
I think it's great for the school. I think it's great to generate excitement. I've seen so many people on Twitter that are like, I'm so excited to come to South Carolina this weekend. Tons of alumni that are coming out for the game. They do this at a lot of schools. And South Carolina hasn't done it in a long time. But they'll have these kind of bigger weekends. I just know, for example, obviously it's not like South Carolina. But the Citadel has like five weekends a year that are just like straight up. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we have all these events going on. They have a ton of alumni come back, and it's just huge, and it's a ton of fun for everybody. And I think it's great that South Carolina is doing something similar. I love the post-game fireworks. I think it's great they're having a concert beforehand, a 5K in the morning, so you guys can uh, go run the 5K or walk it and then eat and drink to your heart's desire for the rest of the day because you already worked out in the morning. So it works out perfect. Honestly, Wes, I have some, uh, some FOMO. Because I'm not going to be here. And so I'm going through all this and I'm like, hmm, I'm kind of sad. I wish that I was going to be here. I'm going to be working in Charlotte for my other job with the Charlotte Knights and the White Sox organization. So I'm a little bummed, but I think it's a great idea that it's a weekend thing. Yeah. So and uh, for those who aren't into the acronyms, FOMO is fear of missing out that uh, Kendall is not going to be there. Kendall, I'm a little bit I got to say I'm a little upset that you like your other job more than Gamecock Central, which is what we're apparently <laughs> learning right now um, live. It, hurt, it hurts my heart <laughs> just a little bit. But, um, no, for real, Kendall has, like, eight great jobs, so we are we are thankful. I'm thankful Kendall could join me here for GC Live today. Uh, she also has to go to school, which, I mean, which, like, is what the is school fun part. Point? Yeah, like, what you're you're already point? a professional, so I don't know Not why even you even that. have to. It's just, like – I hope my mother is not watching this show, but you know, I've been a 4.0 student, but this semester, and I'm still keeping the grades up, like I'm not letting them fall, but um, I just have Wait, did we, did we make a B, Kendall? Oh, we're, we have A's right now, but now that we're okay, getting to the okay, final okay. exam kind of point of the semester and I have all these jobs, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a little scared, uh, to be honest with you. I need to finish the semester strong because I feel like, you know. I just think that I get all my experience from my jobs. I love the journalism school at South Carolina. I love my pro- uh, professors, but I don't know. That's what I think. Uh, Wes, I want to ask you about this because I saw it on the Facebook this morning for GC, and I think you posted it. I'm 90. I can tell when you post stuff <laughs> just because I when, I read, when I read it. Because when I read it, I just know. Like, whether it's in <laughs> all caps or, like, whatever it might say, I know that it's you. There's no way it could be Chris Clark. And there's okay. no way it can be Colin Taylor. So, okay, this graphic that, that was that was me. Power rankings. Yeah, I was trying to get everybody riled up and give their the emoji. You did the exclamation point question mark, and that's a very you thing to do. So, this is the SEC quarterback power rankings via Jesse Simonton. Did I get that right? He's, yeah, he's new on on three. three. He just got yes. hired last week. So knew it on three, already upsetting Gamecock fans. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, he put out these SEC quarterback power rankings. So number one, Bryce Young. Spencer Rattler down at number six. And I think this is interesting. Stetson Bennett is in the fourth spot. Will Rogers at five. Will Levis at seven. You asked people whether they agreed or they disagreed. Wes, I need to flip the tables on you. Do you think that Spencer Rattler deserves to be ranked number six in terms of the SEC quarterback power rankings? Well, yeah, I wanted to hear what everybody thought because, um, one, I mean, on Facebook, the whole point of Facebook is just to get people riled up, let's be honest. Like, (laughs) it's what it's for, for people to argue in the comments. But um, 
Let let me. So Bryce Bryce Young is one, obviously, as you said. Like I, KJ Jefferson two, and then Hooker three, Stetson Bennett four, Will Rogers five, Spencer Rattler six, Will Levis seven. See, I think with, without pulling up any numbers whatsoever and like going into stat nerd land, I think it's pretty fair. Now, there there were Kentucky people who actually had beef with Rattler already being ahead of Will Levis. Will Levis was mm-hmm. seventh on there. And Will Levis apparently had some pretty good numbers last year. I'm not a big stat person, but Apparently he had some pretty good numbers last year. So I, mm-hmm. I think when you compare, okay, you've got two contrasting things here. One is that Rattler has never played a game in a South Carolina uniform before, right? He is a transfer in. He has, I mean, he played against Florida. So he has played in an SEC game before, but otherwise not. He hasn't played an SEC schedule before. I get it. I understand. But also this guy was the literal number one quarterback in the entire country for his class. He was the Heisman favorite going into last year. I also think, Kendall, people act like Spencer Rattler had some awful season last year. If you look at his actual numbers, um, he they he did not have a bad year by any means. It wasn't quite to the standard he had set for himself the year before. But he didn't have a, a bad year. So I, I think it's fair. I think when we actually see it play out, it could be – he could end up being – a good bit higher, or it, it could be lower. I mean, we're going to that, – that's the thing about preseason rankings and power rankings and stuff like that. The really good ones are the ones that get people talking. Like, let's be honest. There's no – we're – I mean, it's April 11th. So we're a long way away from kicking this thing off. I, Wait, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, you don't really have anything to judge Spencer Rattler off of because he hasn't played for South Carolina yet. Like – I kind of understand Kentucky fans maybe even having a problem with it because Will Levis did have a pretty good year last year. But, of course, Spencer Rattler has all that hype surrounding him. I think the question that came to my mind when I was looking at this is, do you think that Spencer Rattler has the most pressure on him of any quarterback in the SEC heading into this season? I mean, of course, you know – you think about somebody like Bryce Young. He's going to have a ton of pressure because he plays for Alabama. They have the golden standard, the highest expectation for what they want their season to look like and finish off. But with Spencer Rattler, I think he's up there, maybe not number one, but definitely a medalist for the quarterbacks in the SEC that have the most pressure riding on them this season. Do you think he's like a bronze medalist maybe or more? I think he might be silver. Okay. I honestly think he might be silver. He's contending for the gold. Stetson Bennett, yes, of course, he's going to have pressure riding on him. But I don't think it, even coming off of a Georgia National Championship, I still think Spencer Rattler has more pressure on him. He's going to have everybody looking at him. What is Spencer Rattler going to do at South Carolina? You know, what's going to happen here? Are they going to improve from last season? What are the expectations for South Carolina for the postseason? I, I think he has a ton of it on him. You know, and I people, somebody said uh, Bennett has more. I don't know if Stetson Bennett – Stetson Bennett shouldn't have any pressure, honestly. I mean, my man my man was drunk on the Today Show like a couple of months ago, living his best life. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's won a national title. 
Like you, he could go. Oh, they could win. They could lose every game this year, and obviously they're not. But point being, he's made it to the pinnacle. Like he's made it to the top. So I don't feel like there's a ton of Stetson Bennett. You can never take that away from him. So there's not that much pressure on him personally to perform, in my opinion. Even if he got benched, he still has a national title. He led his team to a national title. Um, Rattler, I think he did. I think when he said this was a breath of fresh air for him to get to South Carolina, I, I do think there was a lot of pressure on him to perform at Oklahoma from a from a wins and losses standpoint that maybe doesn't quite exist at South Carolina. Now, a pressure of in like you got to go be the dude for this team because you're not going to have quite as many playmakers around you as you did at Oklahoma. Absolutely. And I think he's going to go into some games. Kendall, I think South Carolina is going to be in a ton of close football games this year. And it's going to be, it's going to be on Spencer Rattler to go make a play at the end and either win or lose the game, you know? So I I think, I mean, you may, you may be onto something. I think right now Spencer Rattler is living his best life. I think he's very happy with the decision. I don't think there's a ton of pressure on him right this second, but when the season just, kicks off, that thing might flip in a hurry. I think in terms of expectations, like just preseason expectations, I mean, and obviously I, I go to South Carolina and I cover South Carolina and report on them. So I'm just more in touch with it than I would be some other schools. But it's you mean for him or for the team, like him to personally perform? For him to personally for the team? perform, yes. Not, not for the team necessarily, but just for him to personally perform. I saw someone said Hinden Hooker has a ton of pressure on him to Tennessee coming off of a good season last year as well. So yeah, certainly he does. And there's no question about that. But Spencer Rattler is a name. Like he, he has been a name for years since he's been on Netflix and QB1. People follow Spencer Rattler. Like not your average SEC fan knows more than likely if they follow college football. Spencer like he is just someone that everybody knows because of all of the things that he's been a part of because of all the shows he's been on he's had exposure beyond the football field to people and I just think that's why he's a name that everyone this season is going to be following and he's going to have the pressure on him because every single storyline pretty much about Spencer Rattler is how he is going to change the South Carolina football program well I think uh, yeah sorry can I go ahead you go ahead go ahead I was going to say, to your point, the very first – I always look at, like, what, what's the first what's the first package they're going to roll when a game starts, you know? And for South Carolina, it's going to be Spencer Rattler, left Oklahoma, transferred to South Carolina, and now here he is. Let's find – let's see what happens, right? Like, that's going to be – for the first oh, – what, what would you say? Three games probably? It's maybe. Until there's something else to talk about. There might be more. It it honestly, because you're starting those shows when you have those production meetings at the beginning of the week and you're talking about your number one storyline, I think it's going to be Spencer Rattler for a long, long time. Unless there's somebody else on South Carolina's team that just happens to just be absolutely, Mm. undeniably top stats in the country in their respective position, they're going to make it about Spencer Rattler just like they made it about – Shane Beamer pretty much every game last year. And then Zeb Noland, when that story was something that they wanted to hook on, you know, that that was the change. So if you have someone like Zeb Noland come into it, of course, 
But when you're in those production meetings and you want people to pay attention, you're going to go with the guy who has 400,000 Instagram followers and who was on Netflix and who has all of this crazy clout surrounding him, no matter what, pretty much. Because that is the name that if, when you have people tuning into your game on ESPN, say you have some random person who doesn't really follow college football, they might know the bare minimum. They're probably going to know Spencer Rattler more than they know anybody else on the team. And you want to get them with that hook. So that I'm assuming Spencer Rattler, I would love to keep a stat on that. How many times is Spencer Rattler going to be the opening package, the opening storyline of our games? Well, and I think once, once the season gets like at the beginning of the season, it's going to be, Hey, he transferred in. Once you start getting into game three, game four, whatever, it's going to be either a, if you're a Carolina fan, this is what you hope it is. How well Spencer Rattler is playing since he transferred in or the other side is going to be, Hey, Spencer Rattler, is not performing to the expectation for him to this point. Like, no matter which one it is, is it up here, is it down there, that's probably going to be off top the thing that everybody's talking about. So uh, I think, I mean, I think you're onto something in that all it, when you bring in a guy that's a little bit, maybe even not a little bit, when you bring in a guy that's kind of larger than your program, that's yes, like like that's, when Steve, when, yeah. when Steve Spurrier got here, and it's different. He's a coach, obviously, yes. but it was more about Steve Spurrier than it was about the University of South Carolina. So, I think it was the other day, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was in my SEC football in the sports media class, and we do shout out to Kevin Hole, he's awesome. We do a ton of like studies and exploration on how the media kind of like shapes a narrative and does certain things with certain games. When South Carolina won the College World Series, uh, I think it was, I think it was the first College World Series they won. Immediately after, they cut the cameras to Steve Spurrier. Like that was immediate. They showed the dog pile for like three seconds, and then it goes to Steve Spurrier. And South Carolina had all those Thursday night games broadcast on ESPN because Steve Spurrier was the main character. Spencer Rattler is going to be the main character. He's going to have to shape his own narrative this year, and he's going to have to decide you know, whether he wants to be the protagonist or the antagonist of this story. But Spencer Rattler is the main character of this storyline and he is going to be shown everywhere so that's why I kind of go back to does he have the most pressure because if you're on a team like Georgia you got a ton of other players that you can talk about you can talk about the line you can talk about Stetson Bennett you can talk about your running backs you can talk about Kirby Smart if you're on a team like Tennessee I would even say you have more of that as well when you're on a team like South Carolina and your name is Spencer Rattler and you are talking about a team that was struggling so long under Will Muschamp. And then all of a sudden last year brings in this new firecracker coach, Shane Beamer, gets to a bowl game, wins the bowl game. Then you bring in Spencer Rattler. There's so much clout around your program. There's so much clout around Spencer Rattler's name. I just think there's no question that it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of pressure for him. I think, I think you're right. And I think, um, I I think, I think, I think Saturday is going to be, fun Kendall to to sort of turn it all full circle but I also think again not just for the fans not just for the recruits for Spencer Rattler himself if I'm the coaches I'm I'm setting this thing up to where my guy can go out there and and have a good time and show out and that everybody sees what they're wanting to see right like you don't you don't want to go into the offseason like I'm sure I'm and I'm I'm sure he can mentally handle it, but in a best case scenario, 
spring games, the first thing is you just never want to get guys hurt. Like, that's always priority number right. one. But I would say among the many, like, among the top three or so, uh, uh, what what would you say, like, goals, that's the word. The top mm-hmm. three goals, if I'm South Carolina staff, is probably one of them is, like, that Spencer Rattler goes out there and has has a good close to this spring because I, I think he, he is that important to – what South Carolina is trying to do to take it a step forward. And you need that positive uh, look. You need the positive coverage, not only in terms of, you know, making sure that it's a good summer for him and for everybody else on the team. I mean, as much as you don't want to hear that outside noise and they say, oh, we don't listen to the outside noise. It doesn't matter to us. I mean, I think if you're human, you notice and you acknowledge the outside noise. I don't buy that. Half the time. I mean, you might not totally let it infiltrate your entire life and, you know, ruin it and affect the way you play. But everybody listens to outside noise. You're a human. You want that outside noise to be positive. You want positive feedback coming from the spring game. So I think, like you said, it's super important that they allow Spencer Rattler and obviously other players on the team the opportunity to really shine. And then for recruiting, too, you want to have that really good spring game where you get people excited. You get people pumped up the recruits and you get the fans excited so that way when they come into the georgia state game you've got arkansas south carolina as always really tough schedule this year and it's going to be important that fans are fully bought in as they were last year i think they will be shane beamer does a great job of that but continuing to keep that hype going through the summer don't let it stop right now because this is the worst time it could stop you need it to continue as you head into the season so there's i think people don't necessarily realize it but there's a lot more riding on the spring game this year for south carolina than i think there has been in the past for sure well it's an opportunity for your program like uh, i think i think beamer even used that word every opportunity every opportunity at williams bryce stadium is a chance to push your program forward. And I, I think if you're if you're a coach that's trying to build something, you have to look at it that way, not just for your own the field guys, but for the recruits in the stands, for your fan base as well. You want, you know, to be honest, you want your fans to go to go home looking forward to that Georgia State game. Like you want them to go back saying, man, I'm ready to watch that guy in a real game. Like, I'm ready to watch this team in a real game. Not to make it all about Spencer Rattler. That's not what we're trying to do. But you want your fans to be like, I'm I'm still pumped for the season. I, I mean, ev- everybody at that university that's in athletics is a little bit happier when people are excited and happy about football. So, and they want to spend their money buying season tickets. Exactly. So you, you want this to be a positive day for everybody involved. And which, by the way, Kendall, is your other job? Is that game? Is that a night game as well? It or is. is it afternoon? It starts okay. at seven oh four p.m. because that's the Charlotte area code. Uh, oh wow, that's interesting. Um, do you <laughs> do you think they will let you? Um, the game's on SEC Network Plus. By the way, do you think mm-hmm. they'll let you like hold up your? You think you can watch the game while you're doing? As long your... as I'm not on camera, I think I might be able to. Watch okay. a little bit, a little bit of the game. I need to. If I don't get to watch it, I'm gonna try to like record it, watch it back or something. Because don't worry, everybody, I will be caught up. I will be knowledgeable on what happened. I promise. The month of April is a little crazy for me. Just finishing finals, starting this new job, keeping up with GC, having a few other jobs. I'm a group fitness teacher as well, so we're figuring it out. But. I'm so excited for baseball season. I'm so excited for football coming up in the fall. It is my senior year coming up at South Carolina. So 
very sad, but also a lot to look forward to. Uh, Wes, we want to give a shout out to Liberty Tax too. Oh yes, of course. Uh, gotta gotta overcome your tax anxiety. I don't know. I don't know if you've done your taxes yet, Kendall. Have you? I just got an email today about something else with taxes. I this is my whole theory. They need yeah. maybe Liberty Tax can sponsor this at South Carolina. Let's have a class on taxes because. Honestly, that is real life stuff that we need to learn. But like you said, I have taxiety. I need to overcome it. So I'm going to be calling 803-462-5576. Liberty Tax, they're a brighter way to do taxes. They have locations in Columbia, Irmo, and Lexington. Again, that's 803-462-5576. Filing day is coming up, people. So just make sure that you got it together because I'm trying. Hopefully you, you haven't, you haven't done your taxes. All right. No, have, no are, your, have, are your parents going to handle this for you or are you, are you? My dad is helping me, but I have done it. Like I filed everything that I need to file. I have all of it in order. So it's been happening. You're, this is just like the first real year that I've had like a lot of taxes because I have a lot of jobs. So it's like, I'm oh, going yes. To, yes. So it's a lot. It's not just like one job where you have to go through and, and do it. Um, but yeah, is there anything else we want to touch on? I, I don't really want to touch on baseball because I just feel like that's a negative. Okay, way we, we can that. we can just save that for another day. Um, I will <laughs> say this: the uh, the Liberty Larry at the Liberty Tax um, folks here in Columbia, he wants to make sure everybody knows that the 18th. So that's one week from today. The 18th is your filing deadline, and because of COVID, the last couple of years they've like extended it. Mm-hmm. A month or two, or I can't even remember the dates last year, but it was definitely extended the last couple of years. That is not a thing this year. So you actually have to have it done within the next week. And they are staying open late and they're staying open on uh, weekends. Don't wow. do it this Saturday because you got to go to the spring game, um, but maybe this Sunday. So yeah, get, get your taxes done because Uncle Sam is going to get his money. So you might, might as well just do it the, yeah. the right way. Um, Do not want the IRS coming from you people. Consider this, or coming for you guys. Consider this a public service announcement. Get your taxes done. Head over to Liberty Tax to do it. Also, if you're interested in uh, buying a house, Clint Hammond is your guy. 803-771-673. These are two uh, advertisements. These are two sponsors, Wes, that really hit home for someone who's coming into early adulthood. Buying houses and taxes. Mm. I just, I'm so excited. It's going to be adult life, adult (laughs) life, Kendall. Um, It seems like I had a couple other things, but I don't know. When you get old, you just forget things. So, Hey, how, how should I, should I do the cocky 5k? Yes. I think I would be doing it. I'm training for a half marathon. So if I were here, I would do it, but I don't, I do work out, but I don't run. I'm not a big runner. It's a run slash walk. It's a, but I don't want to be a loser that has to stop and walk for one thing. I would be no, no offense to anyone else, but I would feel like a loser if I have to walk. Um, the, the, uh, at Kendall, I feel like it's a different type of, like you can be in shape, but running is a different type of cardio than like biking or, you know, the hit workouts like you do. Like it's, it's, just, it's different running in 5k is not like a long distance, like a half marathon or a marathon is, but still, if you don't run a lot, um, it's hard. three miles is, is, is kind of, 
A- Alex says he's doing it. Is, is anybody else here doing it? If y'all yes, shout out Alex. If Alex. y'all are doing it, I'll do it too. But I, hey, guess what? So one of my one of my best friends is getting married on Friday night, the day before the spring game, and I'm in the wedding. Did they so, go to South Carolina? They yes, they did go to South well, Carolina. I guess this was announced like a few months ago, so they probably already had their wedding planned. Well, and it, it's Friday. It's it's Friday, so it's not on the day of the game. So that I mean, I'll give them a pass. It's just you know, it it's going to be an open bar on Friday night, and then. <laughs> The uh, the 5K is on Saturday morning. So, so Wes won't be at the 5K. We have our question answered. I just want to do say, it. Weddings, do it. this is my PSA, and this is my last rant of the day. I can't attend weddings unless they are, like, basically in the month of December or January. Maybe February. Anything in the spring, the summer, you can maybe can work it out, but it's like kind of the middle of baseball season. So it's kind of like the lower, like kind of lull periods. So maybe you can work that out over like the all-star break or something. Uh, in the fall, though, big no. Big, big no. Weddings in the fall, absolutely not. At least for me, because I love them. They're so pretty. But when it's football season, like, are you kidding? You cannot be having a wedding in the fall, people. But Kendall, you just gave people like a three month. You basically were like, you got to get married in these three months out of the 12. Like my, so I, I got to save the date from one of my best friends growing up. Like literally, honestly, probably my first friend I ever had. I've known this person since I was three years old. I got to mm-hmm. save the date this week, y'all. Guess what the date is? Clemson September game. 3rd. Oh. That is the season opener. So you're missing the season opener. I, I'm not going to – I need to talk to this person before I publicly say what uh, what's going to happen. Greg, uh, I want to know if we will be on the field for the spring game. Uh, Kendall won't be because she's not even coming. Um, I, I don't know yet. I'm not sure yet what our plans – I will be there. I don't know. We're actually working on possibly doing some type of live stream at the game, but um, – we're trying to figure out where we can set that up and when we'll be doing it. So we will let y'all know, obviously, between now and Saturday on that. Um, somebody asked earlier, Kendall, 30,000 people over under at the game. I would over. just say this. Yeah, I was, if, if, y'all, if there's not 30,000 people there or more, I'm going to be a little disappointed in y'all. Like, I, I'll just be honest. I'm going to be disappointed in Gamecock Nation if there's not 30,000 plus because – and I, and when I say plus, 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 like a good bit more than 30,000. Cause here's the thing you already know they're going to overestimate it a little bit. So you've got a little bit of, got a little bit of leeway. I think that there was 38,000 one time for Spurrier. I think that was one of the biggest ones that might be the biggest one in school history. And that wasn't on a big Gamecock weekend. Yeah. Y'all, y'all need to hit that number. Like, seriously, it's free. It's free. <laughs> And can y'all please show up to the Ole Miss series as well? Because my brother goes to Ole Miss and he's a former D1 college baseball player. And I just don't need him yap, yap, yapping about Ole Miss beating South Carolina. Kendall, That's I don't think there's going to be a lot of people at the baseball series. Well, it's like, the I'm, big game talk weekend. What are they going to do? There is a Bourbon Society Friday. Or what is, yeah, the Bourbon Society party on Friday. I don't, that's not a part of, that's not a South Carolina, that's not a University of South Carolina sponsored event. That's an but unofficial I, event, right? 
the Gamecock Bourbon Society. Check their Twitter. I feel like I saw something about that. Maybe I'm spreading incorrect information. Misinformation. And I apologize, but I just feel like I saw something about that. You guys, though, have fun because I, again, sad. I have FOMO. I wish I could be there. I promise. I promise I'll be there next year. Absolutely. Won't be missing it. Alex also says running the 5K will get you tickets to the baseball game. Did not know that, Alex. That is that is good information. 5K in the morning, baseball game at 1, Patrick Davis at 5, alumni game at 6, Actual game at seven, post game fireworks, five points after the fireworks. <laughs> there you go. go college glory days, people. <laughs> let's uh, let's end it on that note, Kendall. That's the perfect yes. place to end the show. Um, you say some goodbye stuff, okay? Yes. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of GC Live. Thanks for welcoming me in to guest host. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Wes, I always have a good time chatting it up with you, talking about Gamecock football. Certainly a lot to look forward to this week, headlined by that big Garnet and Black spring game scheduled for Saturday, April 16th at 7 p.m. at williams Rice Stadium. Thank you so much, T. I appreciate it. Thank you, Frederick. Appreciate you all. Thank you, Gamecock Ryan. Good luck to Alex in the 5K. And we will talk to you guys soon. Have a great rest of your day. And be sure to follow us at Gamecock Central on all social media platforms. I wanted a career in which everything would matter. So I joined the CIA. And now I help protect our families, our friends, and every fellow American. Find out how everything you do in your career can impact our nation. Visit CIA.gov careers to learn more and apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.